Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a podcast discussing all oh, things. Oh, Lee, Lee, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, you always get to do the intro. Uh, okay. Uh, and I thought maybe it's Eddie's time to shine. I'm not going to stand in your way. Brian, because I've been practicing okay. in front of the mirror. All right. I'm like, Eddie, you can do this. I'm like pumping myself up. I reckon it's time. All right. It's time for me to shine. Do it. Do you think? All right. Okay, guys, ready? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Eddie Time. Oh. A podcast discussing all things Eddie, cool guys, and Lee's love of Eddie. What do you think? What do you think? I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. You do your thing, Mr. Professional. Turn it back. Turn it back. <laughs> Welcome to Crime Time, a weekly podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. I am Lee. I'm Eddie. Yeah, you're Eddie. Star of the show. Uh, this is a season three, episode four, and we're back, ready to roll. Ooh. What are we talking about other than Eddie today? Well, we've got some pretty cool stuff. So, first of all, we got Eddie. Mm. We got Lee. Less cool. Mm. Still cool. Mm. We're talking about Helen Callahan again. Sure are. Can't get enough of her. Uh, we're talking about Justin Labalestier. Went to the movies. We've got some good stuff coming up. Going to be talking about cryptids. What's that? Well, you'll have to keep listening. Keep listening. Yeah. Buckle up. Let's go. Put on some warm headwear. Let's do this. Put your freaking slippers on. It's time for crime. The liar. Or liar. It's just called liar. So last episode, there may have been some passive aggressive book choices for Mm. some reviews. Mm. You know, we had the liar's girl. We had the liar. And who was it? Who was who who selected those books? I mean, I I just can't recall. I think it was you. I think it might have been Lee, who I'm just going to say it. Just at me next time, Lee. I just have to correct you and say it was Everything is Lies by Helen Kellyanne. Oh, Everything so is Lies. So you me to it properly. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Didn't steep that tea long <laughs> enough, apparently. All right, point being, pretty sure you might have been saying something about a certain co-host. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you oh, know. you felt it was directed towards you? I did, yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, who else is in this room? <laughs> <laughs> you got a few plans. Yeah, well, I don't think it's any of them. <laughs> I read this book, mm-hmm. uh, hoping to come up with some witty zingers against my new nemesis. <laughs> that is me. That's yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what I found, Lee? I'm too good to drag? No, no. I found that the real enemies are inside of ourselves. Oh, and you went on a journey. I went on a journey, Lee. I went on a journey. An and internal I, journey. Yeah, it was gross. Got right up in my own, like... <laughs> Small intestine. It wasn't ideal. Filthy. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. But what I found was while I was trying to come up with dirt to say mean things to you, I remembered what's at the heart of this podcast. And that's fucking great ass fiction. That's what this is. So let me. We've done full circle. We've we've done full circle. We're back to the actual book, (laughs) Liar by Justine Labalestier. A brutal murder, a secret relationship, and one shockingly good liar. Whew! What a tagline. It's a Bloomsbury book, so we know it's good. We know it's good. It's Bloomsbury. Hello. Sorry, guys. Eddie's holding it up in front of me. There's a cover. I can't resist checking out the cover. Yeah. I know you're not meant to read a book by its cover, but gosh darn it, I do. <laughs> right? Same. <laughs> Who doesn't? Come on. We've, we've done entire episodes on this. Yeah. yeah. Oh Which... my God, stop. 
Guys, I've got to paint a picture of this for you. Give me that book. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, so here we have, you know, just your average, just think average crime fiction book, right? With, Eddie, how many little post-its do you think you have sticking out of this book? I'm going to hazard a guess 50. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> it looks crazy. <laughs> You should see the I'm, wall. I'm surprised it's not. there's not little red strings connecting all of these pages. No, no, no. That's in my bedroom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. So you've done a thorough reading. I've done a thorough reading. No, I'm also writing an essay on this, guys. We talked about this earlier this year. We've, you know, gone down in episode regularity because I'm doing honours and I'm a wuss. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to double up here. And that makes sense. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. So not only am I, you know, writing an essay on this, you guys are getting some uh, whew, deep insights. Are you going to read your essay to us? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell my lecturer, but it's not done yet. Uh, so Justine Labelestier's Liar features a character named Micah. Mm-hmm. And so it's first person narrated. So she's talking to us. Do you have a preference? Oh, you know, I think that... I think it really depends on the book, first of all. I think first person is really easy to mess up, especially Mm -hmm. if you're trying to make a narrator who's like maybe not likable or not too relatable. I think, you know, third person can easily be really... Messy. It can be messy Mm. or it can be like sermon-like. So I don't know. I think it really depends on the author. It depends on the book. Guys, let us know. Do you have a preference? Mm. Do you know I love a book that is in second person? Tell us second person. So it's like you. So you do this, uh, you do that, right? Uh, it's not common. It's not common. Yeah. It's really, really rare because it's really, really hard. Mm. I think The Bride Stripped Bear, which was originally published as anonymous and then later it came out that it was Nikki Jemmel, was written predominantly in second person. And I found it really, really unrelatable. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is the worst. It's like, oh, you, you're in love with this guy who's like a bullfighter. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. You're really talking to me. <laughs> I think wrong number. Yeah. So I hung up on Nikki Jemmel, but yeah, no, I've, I've read some good second person when, when we were talking about, um, Italia Calvino's If on a Winter's Night a Traveler, uh-huh. that's in second person. It's quite great. Yeah. It is a one hit book. You can't read it twice. I guess it's right for an adventure story, right? Oh, fully. I love those like choose your own adventures where they're like, you have to rescue George Washington Mm -hmm. from the space future police. What do you do? Right? Mm. Oh, ideal. Anyway, so Justin Lovelestia's liar. (laughs) Micah, she's uh, the first person narrator and she tells you straight away, I'm a liar. Right. But then she says, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not lying to you. That's what liars say. I know. They say... Yes, I have told lies, but I'm not lying to you. Right? Right? So she starts out her story. Her boyfriend is missing. Is that true? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. And then no one at her school seems to know he's her boyfriend. Mm. And then she becomes really sure he's dead. And then it turns out he is. And then she's got inside information. Maybe we don't know. And there's all of this stuff, you know, like she talks about the lies that she's told. Like the first day of school, uh, one of the teachers saw that she wasn't paying attention, told her off, and um, thought she was a boy. And so she was just like went with her and like you know responded as deep as she could, like that kind of thing. Then became friends with these 
boys who were like going out to like shoot hoops. She was like, this is great. I'm loving it. And then she like laughs in the corridor and some girl walks past and she's like, you're not a boy. And, and, and then it like comes out that she's not a boy and everyone's like, that's really weird. Why would you do that? And then she starts spreading rumors about herself. Like she says her dad's an arms dealer. She says she's intersex, all of these sorts of things. She sounds bit chaotic yeah yeah i mean there's obviously something going on is this young adult fiction this is young adult fiction yeah obviously she's an unreliable narrator and she tells you that from the start but then she's like i'm not lying and then as you're reading she'll be like okay i lied about that but here's the truth yeah and then you'll keep reading she'll be like okay i lied about that but here's the truth and this is why i couldn't tell you the truth before because Otherwise, this thing would have, you would have realized that that wasn't true. And, you know, she's like really trying to keep this together. It's a patchwork quilt. Yeah, yeah. And I cannot tell you anything else. Okay. Because there are some twists. There are some turns. This book might not be the genre you think it is. Or is it? We don't know because the only source we have is Micah. So, Do you recommend? Oh, I really do. You know, I I just have to say this took me on an absolute roller coaster ride because when you read a book, you trust who's talking to you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's a relationship. You're like, okay, I'm sitting down and this author is telling me some stuff. And then she turns around and she says, no, that wasn't true. (laughs) And I found myself and I... I I can't pretend that I'm much cleverer than I am. Every single time she was like, oh, no, that wasn't true. I made that up. I was like, what? (laughs) Like every time. I thought we had a friendship. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Micah. It never got to the point where I was like, oh, that's not true. Mm. And then like it comes up and it's like, oh, it wasn't true. Like she's really convincing and she's really trustworthy and I really like her. And I just want to believe everything she says, but you just can't. (laughs) I wish we could hear what happened, but people, go out and read this book. Yeah, no, absolutely. Justine Lavalestier, Liar, it's so good. See if you can add more than 50 post-it notes to the book and beat Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to those. Oh, that's quality research. (laughs) Those are covered in stuff. What's it covered in? Oh, I won't lie. I spilt a salad in my bag (laughs) and I'd like to apologize to my university's library (laughs) because... uh, Is that a library book? No, no, no. This isn't, but there was other books in the bag. (laughs) I'm not a solo traveler. Yeah. Yeah. You should read it. You're going to die. Okay. Maybe I'll read it after you. Once I've removed the tabs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So tell me about... Helen Callahan, because you had another Helen Callahan last episode. I did. I was just about to review it. I checked her name and I was like, oh no, maybe I've already reviewed this book. And I was like, Lee, get your shit together. A bit of previous research. I actually just did a review on one of her books last week, which is Everything is Lies. (gasps) And then today we're talking about Dear Amy. I just don't know if I can trust you anymore, Lee. I feel like, you know, everything you're saying is uh, lies. Or is it? (laughs) Oh. No, this book was really great. I enjoyed it. So we're introduced to a character called Margot. Okay, Margot. Mm-hmm. She's a teacher at a high school. Okay. Bit of a troubled past. All right. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, she's really good at working with young people. She's a bit of a teacher slash guidance counselor. Oh, all right. All right. So there's been a few issues that have come up in the school. And instead of just being punitive or whatever, or however a teacher might deal with it, she like 
kind of dealt with it in a much better way, got the kid back on track. Right. Oh, okay. So she got a little bit of a reputation as being good for that. And then somehow or other, she got a column in a local newspaper. What? Being a, uh, what's that thing where you call, you write in and you're like, well, it's, she's Dear Amy. That's what okay. the column oh, is called. Oh, so she's Amy. She's Amy. But she's Margot. But she's Margot. Okay. Yep. Oh, so, it's a tapestry of lies. What's that called when you write into it? Oh, I was like, like an a, advice column. Like an advice yeah, column. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's Dear Amy. Dear Amy, at her school, a young girl has gone missing. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Suspicious. Yeah, and it's not great. Uh, Margot, the teacher, uh-huh. is like, uh, what do you mean you're going to just finalise this and she's run away? Of course she hasn't run away. Oh, so the cops are going to stop looking. Yeah, she's just like, well, something about this young person going missing isn't right. How can we just be not addressing this, right? Right, yeah, okay, fair enough. People send in handwritten letters to her. When is this set? Like recent times. Okay. Right. But one of the people that sends in a letter is Bethan Avery. All right. And Bethan Avery was a young girl that went missing 20 years ago. Wait. Okay. So she's, she's doing her guidance column. She's giving out advice to the people. Yeah. And she suddenly starts getting letters from a girl who went missing 20 years ago. In the context that a young girl has just gone missing from the school. Oh my God. Can I make a prediction? Go on. Bethan Avery has nicked the girl. <gasps> Good one. Yeah, right? Yeah, I can't tell you if it's true or not, though. Damn it! Yeah. But so Beth and Avery would be like, I don't know, like 40 now, mm-hmm. right? But the, the handwriting is in like young girl handwriting. Oh my God, like with like circles for but the dots. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's saying, and Beth and Avery is saying, you need to help me, you need to find me. I'm locked up in this room. I can't really give you any details, but this is what I can tell you. Okay. And we're led to believe that Beth and Avery whether she's alive or dead or writing or not, is sending messages or information to Margot to help her find out where the current young girl has gone. Okay. And who may have taken her. Intense. Yeah. But if she's locked up, how's she sending letters? Exactly. Oh my gosh. It's a riddle and a half. Mm. I, for one, am intrigued. It was a really good book. I'm worried. I'm concerned. Can you tell me, does it have a satisfying ending? Yeah, I was really satisfied. And so, like, there's just another character called Martin, and he is someone that, you know, there's people that work with the police to go back over old forensic evidence. A psychic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a cold case guy. Yeah, uh, but a bit more, so he works at a university, so it's a mm. bit more um, theoretical, I guess. So but, he's a bit more like Bones. Yes, but every now and then he works to get his hands really dirty, and he's been following the case of these missing girls, and he has an idea that maybe there's more missing girls than people realize. Oh, right, because they tried to close the case saying she was a runaway. Yes, Which I think is, like, often a really sad thing that happens is that people who've actually been abducted, they're they're classified as a runaway. Especially young people that may have been involved in the justice system or the Mm -hmm. welfare system, which a lot of these girls have been. Oh, my God, it's a cop. Can't tell you. Oh, my God, Beth and Avery is a cop. But there is a good resolution. We're not left in intrigue. Right, so we're not, not like, hanging on the edge of a cliff, like, how dare you, Helen (laughs) (laughs) Keller? No, it was great. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. It's on audible.com, and I think it's quite new. I think maybe it came out this year. Oh, look at you, on the cutting edge. It's where I live. So a cryptid, and I haven't looked this up, but, you know, Flying by the seat of my pants here. Do it. It's like a creature like the Yeti or Bigfoot that people genuinely believe is real. Aliens? But can't prove. No, I wouldn't think aliens are cryptids because they're from 
earth is the idea. Okay. Like they live on earth. Okay. So like the Mothman. I, I, I got this idea because I was watching. Repti- reptilians. Reptilians. Yeah, They're yeah, cryptids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was watching BuzzFeed Unsolved, who are, let's be honest, our main competition. Oh like, God, I'd say we're yes. neck and neck. Which one are you? Which one are I, do you think? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm the Asian one. I'm clearly the cuter one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't be Ryan Bagara. I'm not being like the tall guy. <laughs> I guess I am taller you than are. you. You're the one that's like, Lee, this isn't Oh, I mean, you do believe in ghosts. I do. Yeah, and all right, so you're Ryan Vergara. Like Ryan. <laughs> that's true, that's true. If we had a budget and we could go around to haunted houses, I would, I would live for that. Right, right, and I'd be the one being like, hey, demons, and you'd be like, stop it. Right, yeah. It's Guys. the boys. <laughs> it's, it's the boys. <laughs> Guys, if you want us to do uh, basically the Australian version of BuzzFeed, Unsolved or Supernatural, let us know. Contact BuzzFeed. Be like, hire these dickheads from Melbourne. I literally just need one more reason to make that my life. Right. And your message to us could be that reason. <laughs> Speaking of which, you can become a patron <laughs> if you go to our website, crimetimepod.com. And uh, there's a little orange banner. You can uh, chuck us some money so we can maybe get like a, an, an EM reader. Is that what they're called? Yeah, or some coffee. <laughs> ideal <laughs> but on that note of ghost hunting yes as you all might know i grew up in a very uh my dad was really into horror films and ghosts and yeah all the supernatural your dad's a believer he's a believer and i was having like a like a career crisis i was like i don't know what i want to do now you know oh my god did he get out a widget board no he helped me look up if there was such a thing as like ghost hunting courses Oh my god! That I can make into a career. <laughs> that is true. Just like hundred percent parental support. He's on board. Yeah, I got to say, a bit misguided, but I love it. Good dad, though. People Ideal. out there, take some tips. <laughs> See, my dad's an engineer. I just don't think he'd be that. No. Like, you know what I mean? We should get our dads to do a buddy ghost hunting thing because yes. it'll just be my dad being like look this old building looks really like unsound it's we probably pipes. shouldn't go in <laughs> right right he'd have some like mechanical engineer reason for why those noises are happening and your dad would just be there really earnestly like I feel a presence we gotta set this up my dad was so cute we once went on a haunted ghost tour in uh, Beechworth which is in Victoria amazing and he was walking around with the little uh, EVP thing or the right. thing yeah, that yeah, yeah. like finds magnetic the energy wow. And he was just so cute. He was off in the corner by himself in this massive dark hospital. Just like I could hear him going like, say something if you're there into the Oh my microphone. gosh. It was so cute. I love my dad so much. That's amazing. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I feel like Crime Time Podcast, you know, as well as Sue Grafton, one of the big things that I really see that has brought you to this point is that your mum is like super into crime fiction, yes. super into talking about it, and your dad is super into the like supernatural and the paranormal. Yes. And here we have you, that whole package the in one. hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got me, just a sarcastic bastard, <laughs> and I love it. So cryptids, right? Cryptids. Uh, I was watching the Mothman episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, and I was like, I could do that. I could scare a Mothman. But then I was like, we don't really have that many Australian cryptids. Hmm. I think we have, like, places. Yeah, yeah. Like, definite haunted places. Yeah, haunted places, but not specifically... Like, creatures. Creatures, yeah. But i got to say, my favourite creepy Australian thing has got to be 
picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh, agreed. Right? Absolutely. Like, Hanging Rock, terrifying idea. There's like five Hanging Rocks in Australia. But this one is set at one particular I know one. it's set at one particular Hanging Rock, but as a kid, anytime we went past any place called Hanging Rock, I was like, oh. They've just made it into a TV series. Have they? Yes, it's on Foxtel, I think, or it's coming soon. Amazing. Uh, my One of my best friends and I grew up obsessed with that story. Yeah. And we, even though we're fully grown now, but we stay in touch every now and then by sending a text being like, we have to watch this together when it comes out. <laughs> and the new season of Hanging Rock on Foxtel is one of those things. Amazing. Mm. Wow. You're going to have to get Foxtel. I have it. Whoa. But you went to the movies this week. You I were like, did. fuck that box. I did. I'm off. Oh, did you know that there's a new cinema that's just been renovated right near you in Thornbury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I know, right? I'm going to go down there sometime. It's like an old garage that's been converted into right? a, a fancy small I know, theater. right? I'm going to be there. Box of popcorn, snow cone. I'm going to be there all by myself. <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? other cinema I go to has had a revamp and all of the seats now are reclining. Hello. Comfy, cushiony seats. Ideal. So so I pretty much live there now. Right? I'm just going to go there and nap. I don't care what's on. Well, I went there the other day and I saw... Without me. I did. I saw <laughs> A Quiet Place. Oh. It's Tell so me about good. it. It stars Emily Blunt. Okay. It's set in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh-huh. There's this family. So there's like mum and dad and three little kids. Right, right. And the shtick is that whatever it is comes and gets you if you make a sound. Or... So... I'd be dead they're, straight away. They're living in a in a in a in like the world that we're in now, but yeah. they have to be really really quiet. I would, you know what? Like this is like the zombie apocalypse scenario all over again. Like if a zombie apocalypse happened, I'd be out on the street being like, "Someone fucking buy me," because I'm not gonna make it. Are you done? You'd just be like, I'm, just, "I'm not." I'm done. This. Oh I'm done. I got really sore feet. I'm pretty fat. I'm not. I'm not fit. It's not gonna happen. My girlfriend and I have been binge watching the um, spinoff to The Walking Dead, which is Fear. The Walking Dead. And I do fear them. <laughs> and it's brilliant. And the whole time we watch it, we just continue to pause it and say, what are we doing this scenario? So we're like, <laughs> boom, we're ready to go. Right. Yeah. No, I'd be like, take me. It's over. <laughs> boom. Like this quiet place thing. I'd be like, as if I have ever in my life stayed quiet for more than like five minutes. <laughs> That's like true. my partner's away at the moment and I'm like home alone. I shouldn't really have call to talk, but I'm just like hanging out being like, you know, like dropping something on the ground, being like, oh my, why would I do such a thing? And then I look down at it and I'm like, I'm very disappointed in you, remote control, like shit like that. Yeah. yeah. I'd die. Yeah. Well, we'd probably have to come and save you because we just probably... Because right? <laughs> you get real sad. Uh, we'd have to like carry you with us because we wouldn't <laughs> let you die in the apocalypse. <laughs> Like the apocalypse had happened and your mind will just come back to this episode and you'd be like, oh no, Eddie. And you just like call me and be like, where are you? I'd be like, I'm on the street trying to get bit by a zombie. Like, we'll be there in five. <laughs> you'd be like, get the fuck off the street, mate. What is your problem? You'd be like dragging me around. I'd be like, can we get drive through? And you'll be like, it's, it's the, the apocalypse. apocalypse. And yes. Two things about this movie though. One is um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the use of silence. Ooh. So it was very quiet until it wasn't quiet. And I was just like living for that. Yeah. But there was a bunch of teenagers, like young boys in the cinema. And uh, so it's called A Quiet Place. It's it's meant to be, it's very quiet, right? Right, yeah. Uh, but there's these bunch of boys just like, hee 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 hee, like giggling oh, and no. being naughty the whole time. And then I could hear this person behind me being like, <sighs> And I was like, I give her one more minute. And then one more minute later, she's like, shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> oh my god! And then they were just like, hee hee hee. And then she was like, seriously, if you don't be quiet, you can leave. Go do this outside. And I was like, and then they just did not make one more peep. And I didn't like move in my chair for the rest of the time because I was like, I don't want to upset that lady. Right? That lady is going to slap you across the back of the, the head. I, She's like, going to take her shoe off. I simultaneously respect and fear it. Right? <laughs> like, I don't have that in me. Oh my gosh. Like, when we went to go see The Conjuring, no, I think it might have been it. Yeah. And there were some people down the road who were just like having a giggle fest. Yeah. That was the only thing keeping me from like physically dying from love fear. Because it, it breaks the fear. It breaks the fear. Other like, people want to be in it. Though. Exactly, exactly. Mm. I do not want to be immersed in that because I'm scared. Yeah. I was watching Friend Request. Mm. I have one more thing to oh say. Oh my God, tell me. One more thing to say about The Quiet Place. It has a deaf actor in it. Okay. And so because this film is very quiet and then I let it make any noise, they've learned to do, I guess they've like come up with their own kind of family sign language. Right. And I just love that they actually got a deaf actor to play this young girl. Yeah. It's really good. That's and, great. Um, which is something they should do more of. Definitely. Uh, and she's a fantastic actress, and I would highly recommend going see this film. All right, amazing. Yeah, so I was watching Friend Request because uh, some idiot gave me their Netflix password, <laughs> and I swear to God, if you change it, I will cry. I'm going to change it later. Right? I'll just show up. I'll be out the front of your house just like, Lay! Imagine how upset you'd feel if you just were like, right, time for some Netflix. You log on, and I'm like, like this is the wrong password. Right? And you'd be like... I've been betrayed. So a friend request. Yeah. So I was watching friend request and it starts out pretty scary. I mean, it's got some like moments in it where I'm just like, ugh, like the main like antagonist. So what happens is this girl, she's like very popular. She's doing psychology at university or I guess it's the USO college. And um, she makes friends with this other girl who is not got any friends on Facebook is the basic premise of the thing. Um, and then she's like, oh, it's sad. Like, you know. And she's, she's a cool girl and unpopular girl. Right? Yep. Become friends. But unpopular girl obviously is not well. Um, she's got... Um, a or con- was she just born evil? <laughs> it's not the ring. Um, so she's got a condition where she's pulling out her hair. Yep. Um, Trichotomania. Trichotomania. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that doesn't make someone evil. So straight up. I'm like, you know, because later it's like, she's a witch and she's killing everyone. <laughs> just because she's like mentally unwell does not mean she's a murder witch. Mm. And I feel like mm. I'm so sick of this in like horror as mm. like a trope. Mm. I'm like, can we have the mentally ill person be the one who escapes from the murder witch? Just like one time. Like with all the skills that they've learned in like therapy and surviving right? in this world, they're just like superhuman. <laughs> right? Like they're like, oh, that's not nearly as scary as the hallucinations I have to deal with. Like I've got psychosis, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you really think all of these swarming bees? He's coming at me is scary because I'm going to keep a cool head. <laughs> and then she just gets really clean. So she's like, we're best friends. And she's like, okay, we're not best friends. This is like creepy. And she does a pretty reasonable thing, which is like, she's not coping well with this person being overly zealous. She unfriends her. So she unfriends her. Right. You know, her friends convince her to have her birthday party as just private and not invite this person. Mm -hmm. And then this person's like, I see you on Facebook having fun and I'm going to destroy you. And then she is haunting this girl. 
and she's killing off her friends because she's wow. like, you'll be lonely like me. Oh my goodness. So it's like this horrible oh my premise. God. Talk you know about what I mean? Stigma, right? <laughs> I'm like, can we stop this? Can we have like a rom com about someone who has trichotillomania? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like albinos never show up except in the fucking Da Vinci Code as murderers. Say, yeah. Can't these people just get work in other genres? Just let them live, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. People have whole lives. They're not just murder witches. Maybe she also has a side. <laughs> job like can we explore her like interest in baking Maybe she likes writing poetry exactly well she's like really good at animation i'm like can't this be about her cool breaking into animation anyway i'm obviously in the wrong genre but i was like scared shitless i don't know you may have got some texts very late at night from me saying i'm watching the friend request i just had to turn the lights on i recall that yeah so i did and i did and then it wasn't scary anymore you broke the mood. I broke the mood. See, this is this thing. This is why I love people giggling in the cinema because I can break the mood. But I think it's also a sign of a film that's particularly lacking mm. in a certain type of momentum. Like, I think that what they're doing is they're being like, scare, 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 scare. Little bit of like a break. Scare, scare, scare. Something horrible. Something really horrible. And I just felt like, oh, you know, all they're doing is like upping the stakes until they can't up the stakes anymore. Yeah. And um, then they have to finish on something huge. And what's going what's to be that thing? It's always the really like boring final girl finish where it's like either she, the, the creature's not dead or she becomes the creature. Like, you know, these kinds of endings. And I'm like, ah, oh, like I love horror. Yeah. I really do. But I just am like, try harder. I love this new kind of horror film slash suspense film that is... Uh, at least half the film just people going about their regular business fully and you're like what's gonna happen right we're just going on a a fun like road trip like i'm into this i'm having a great time and you don't know when the point is going to come when it turns fully because the tension comes from the fact that you know what genre it is Mm -hmm. and i think that that's something that a lot of films like friend request are kind of lacking is that they're not building tension they're just upping the stakes Mm. and for me I'm like well there's only so many times I'm going to be terrified by two little boy ghosts covered in hornet stings on their faces and they're all like disfigured and scary looking Mm. you know they did that thing like they do on the ring where they explain everything where all of the symbolism comes from like oh these boys were stung to death by death by wasps because she summoned the wasps like all of this kind of stuff and then I was like well I'm not scared of them now because I know that these are two little boys who were bullies on the one hand I'm like well I hate them because they were like bullying this young girl and on the other hand I feel bad for them because they were just like kids so I'm like and now they're dead and now they're like these demon guys and I'm like well I'm just not scared of them Mm. well do better, movie makers. Right? God. <laughs> but also, can I just say that my worst nightmare is having an uncomfortable social interaction. So for me, I think that that was the main appeal of this film was just like kind of, you know, because I feel like it's really high stakes having an uncomfortable social interaction. But this film made it into proper high stakes, like all of your friends will die and you'll get murdered. And I was just like, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better because I know that's not what's going to happen. It's more like someone's like, here's enjoy your meal. And I'm like, you too. And then they're not going to like knife me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just going gonna walk off and go on with their life i think it reminds me i think it was buzzfeed but a guy made a it could have been just a documentary but a guy went through and found the people that had unfriended him on facebook oh my over God. a space of years and he called them up and was like hey can we catch up and like do an interview about why you unfriended me <laughs> riveting <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's that's real horror right there. And on that note, too scary. They're out. All right, see you guys. Bye bye. See you next time. Everyone, wish me happy birthday. It's coming. Woo! I'll happy post birthday. On the day. Thank you. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye.